There's a lot that could impress you about the all-new Honda Prologue EV. True, it's got class-leading passenger space and clean, thoughtful design and intuitive technology. But what really sets the Prologue apart from the competition is that it's more than an EV. It's a Honda. Honda, the power of dreams. Visit honda.com slash prologue to learn more. Another day, another week, another chance to better your life, to be able to pursue your dreams, and just to be able to conquer the world. That's what we're all about here on I Can Never Be Here on the Popcorn Talk Network. Just all about helping you live your best life and helping you realize the journeys and the struggles of the people that you look up to, the people who you say, oh, I could never be this person because they had money or they had connections or their path was so much easier than mine and that's why I could never be them. But we break down those myths and allow you to just tackle that voice in the back of your mind that's telling you that. Because guess what? Everyone who's achieved success, at some point they wanted to quit. At some point they were facing an obstacle and they had the choice of do I give up? Do I keep going? And the difference is that they kept going, and that's exactly what we're going to help you do here today. I always start the show with some advice for a better life. Today's advice for a better life is that success is more than the final step across the finish line. I know that's the, that's the glory step. That's the one that everyone focuses on. You think of a, of a marathon. If people are running a marathon, it's, what, what did you finish? What was your time? Oh, how well did you finish? But guess what? That first step in the marathon, the 50th step in the marathon, the step that rounded the corner, the step that overcame the obstacle and jumped over something just as important as that last step so to know success you have to know the work so study the work put in the work and then that final step will be so much sweeter well certainly our guest today i am incredibly excited to be able to talk with him because his journey is amazing a lot of people know his final steps know the work that he's been in desperado heat con air so many iconic films are certainly the most important machete, but his journey equally as incredible. He's put in the work, and now he's able to bask in the glory of the results. Without further ado, Danny Trejo, thank you so much for joining us in the studio today. That was really profound, Holmes. I like that. That was <laughs> wow. I'm Danny Trejo. How are you? Yeah, it was. I loved that. That was cool. And thank uh, you. It's not where you. Uh, for me, it's not where you begin; it's where you end up. You know, and it's just mm-hmm. uh, if I uh, if I can go to sleep feeling good, and if I can wake up feeling good, I'm successful. No, absolutely, and it's something that you know every day is a new opportunity too. Absolutely, uh, you, you adventure. Can, yeah, I love every day is a new opportunity, <laughs> and every end of the day is a new opportunity from the beginning of the day. Yeah, when an opportunity comes knocking, make sure you open the door. That's exactly what it is. Now I, I gotta know because you know this show we can go a number of ways, but I want to gauge where it's going because are you more proud of all of your your acting credits and your film credits or? for creating such a quality establishment like Trejo's Tacos. Which way are we going on the show today, the acting or the restaurant business? I'm more proud of my kids, really. (laughs) It's like I got three of the greatest kids in the world. They're all doing great, and they all went through their problems, and now they're like just, you know, my son's Gilbert. He's uh, producing uh, music videos, and he's getting ready to produce a film and directing it. My my daughter Danielle, she just moved to Ohio with her boyfriend, and they're running a, a big tattoo shop over there. And my son Danny boy, he lives in Lone Park. He's a, a, a gamer, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. So he's kicking down games. <laughs> Did you want him to kind of follow it in your footsteps of maybe being in the entertainment industry, whether that's you know music or well, acting? You know what, Gilbert, I, I kept trying to get him to act. He's a real good-looking kid, right? I kept trying to get him into acting, get him into acting, but you know, a little shit. He he <laughs> he kind of like surprised me, and on his own, just kind of learned all about. Lighting and camera and mm. directing and you mm. know he worked with Robert Rodriguez you know yeah. on uh, on Machete and now you know he's doing his own stuff so that's cool. incredible and again yeah that's got to make you proud yeah. I mean to just be able to see that and your legacy <laughs> being fulfilled and, and I'm pretty proud of the restaurants too and, uh, <laughs> <laughs> you guys are expanding those too right and you're opening I think there's another location there's just one, recently hey did, we just opened one at. Uh, Terminal One of Southwest in, yeah. in, at at, uh, at uh, LAX, so wow. that's like 
Amazing. Yeah. What's the What's the next step? You want to Do you want to Do you have a vision of opening so many a year to be able to expand outside of LA to various you know, places? We're just, we're, we, Ash and and Jeff, the two two business partners, they they just go. You know, when something good comes up, bang, we'll get it. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? And uh, and uh, we, you might open up another donut shop downtown. And, yeah. And uh, uh, we got a couple of locations that we're looking at for new trails, cantinas. Got a nice one in Woodland Hills. Nice. You know, one on, on La Brea, one in... Uh, uh. There's a lot that could impress you about the all-new Honda Prologue EV. True, it's got class-leading passenger space and clean, thoughtful design and intuitive technology. But what really sets the Prologue apart from the competition is that it's more than an EV. It's a Honda. Honda, the power of dreams. Visit honda.com slash prologue to learn more. Coenga, right mm-hmm. there in Hollywood, and another one in Pasadena, you know, so. Mm-hmm. so And the food is delicious. Yeah. Everyone in L.A. raves about this food. If you come to L.A., you need to be able to check out yeah. Trejo's Tacos. And, again, there's coffee and donuts, and there's right so many other places that you guys are Santa expanding. Santa Monica Boulevard and Highland. Amen, brother. Donut Amen. Shop. Yeah, it, it's great. So check that out. And also, if you want to, you know, follow Danny after the show, uh, at official Danny T on Twitter, at official Danny Trejo on Instagram. Certainly, you can follow me at the only MC on Instagram and on Twitter, and at the Popcorn Talk. We're very grateful to be here on that network. We're live here every single Monday to be able to just share people's stories. And again, we're also on Apple iTunes podcast. So go like, comment, subscribe. We give this content to you guys for free. We just want to be able to just spread some positivity in the world. That's what it's right all now, about, right? Yeah. Right now, we're doing uh, Man at Arms, yeah. Art of War, yep. which is on the L Ray Network, mm-hmm. which is like really. Cool. It's like, uh, uh, how do you say it? It's historical. Yeah, I love it because, and I was watching episodes, and it's uh, Wednesdays at 9 p.m. I think you guys are halfway through about season two, Mm -hmm. uh, and I was watching this, and it's incredible. You're going through weapons that are in in movies and TV shows and like games, even like Assassin's Creed. Now, and actually, and and, but it's not just weapons, it's the history of them and the, the, the part that they played in, like, winning mm-hmm. the war, you know, stuff like that. Now, certainly, you know, everyone knows you for Machete. It, it, have you always had an interest in, oh, my always. goodness, machete. just look always. at that. I love going through the airport. Like, okay, you got my shampoo, but ah. <laughs> <laughs> have you always had an interest in other weapons as well? Because they tackle such a diverse <laughs> array of weapons. When Robert told me about this, well, have you ever built weapons? Well, I said, built a couple of shanks. <laughs> and he, <laughs> no. We're going a little deeper than that, and we have. We've gone like, yeah. you know, we've we've done like the the samurai swords, mm-hmm. which are which actually was an art. It yeah. was like an unbelievable art that the, that certain certain samurais had. Do you have a collection? I mean, either I, before you, or during yeah, or after me, the show. Let me, now, let me tell you something. I have got weapons that people have sent me that they make from all over. I got a whole, and it's funny because part of my parole is you can't. Have any sharp objects, and, and uh, we've got this house just full of brass knuckles and <laughs> hammers with knives, and the and people just keep sending me stuff, you know. So. so what do you do with it then? If it's you can't have it, do you just put it in a put it in a, a display case? <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean that's it, it's it's appreciated. I'm sure that people want to send you stuff, which is great. I love it. I think it's a it's a blessing to to be able to. You know, like just with my life, just to be able to make somebody's day signing an mm-hmm. autograph or taking a picture, that's a blessing. Man. I was going to say, when people run into you, do they call you Danny? Do they call you another character? Yeah. Do they call yeah. you Machete? Machete! <laughs> <you know? laughs> yeah, it's funny because for a long time when I would walk into Home Depot, right, all the guys stand outside, Machete! Hey, Machete! <laughs> now it's like, hey, Marsha Brady, what's up? Hugh <laughs> <laughs> and Marsha! You know? So. <laughs> With all the weapons that you're working on on Man at Arms, has there ever been one that's come close to the machete that, that you, well, you love? Know, a lot of a lot of them are sharp, but the machete. You know, when you look at the history of a lot of weapons, a lot of them were actually tools. Were actually farming tools. Were actually mm-hmm. tools that people used every day. And because of the 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 situation, they became a weapon. Mm-hmm. You know, and. Uh, uh, so I, I like the history of them, you know, the history of them. People don't realize it, but the, the Mongol hordes, the, the reason they were so tough is because they developed the uh, double-bent bow and made it uh, 
uh, so much stronger than the longbow that they had, and and it they it was short, so they could use it off a horse, hmm. and this made them like just you know unstoppable. And I love that, yeah, that part of the show where you're talking about the history and talking about even I, I know for a couple of us, I was like, how is this used? How would this be used? And is this still you know yeah. is this an actually good weapon to yeah. use? Yeah, well, the machetes never die, <laughs> <laughs> and and the reality is they still use it for cutting cane, yep. cutting you know. Yep. Yeah, you said uh, the machete never dies. That's sugar cane. That's sugar cane. Sugar cane. Sugar. Yeah, for sure. for sure. The machete never dies. You had machete in 2010, uh, the sequel in 2013. There's been the talk of machete kills again. Machete in, kills, kills in again space. Yeah, in space. Uh, Robert's Robert's doing you know working on working on it. It's going to be when that comes out. It is going to just be just unbelievably crazy. You know. Is there a, a timetable of like? Uh, when you want to have it out versus like when you think it would come out? I would say that uh, Robert has his own timetable for doing <laughs> stuff. I know he's working on a big movie right now with yeah. uh, somebody. Uh, mm-hmm. Is there anyone that you specifically would like in that movie uh, in the third installment? Well, you know, we got Jessica Alba, we got Michelle Rodriguez, mm-hmm. we got Amber Hurt, we got Lady Gaga. Mel Gibson. We, oh, yeah, yeah Mel. Yeah. <laughs> he didn't get it. <laughs> I was naming all women. <laughs> but I love Mel. Yeah. You know, Mel, is it's funny because he's like a, people don't realize it, but you know those people, they can put their hands on you and heal mm-hmm. He's like a healer. Yeah. He's really he said, Trip, it's like I had a bad shoulder. And I didn't even tell him, and he had said something about it. And then he, like, he like manipulated my shoulder. And, he, boy, for a long time it was, like, better. You wow. know what I mean? And, and uh, yeah, he's kind of cool. Just you know, another like reason him. to have yeah. him on set. He, like, <laughs> yeah. yeah, we want yeah, you not no, for <laughs> acting. We just, for the healing. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah Mel, come on. But it was so funny because when we were doing Machete Kills, uh, uh, I had a sword fight with with him, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? And uh, and so when Robert yelled action, I threw my sword down. And what's wrong, Dad? Why did I fight William Wallace? Come on, what are you crazy? <laughs> this guy saved Ireland. Yeah. <laughs> that character, wow. Uh, he was awesome. You know? Yeah. But then even Mel laughed, you know, mm-hmm. when we then we finished the scene. You've always been known for, you know, that, that character who's, you know, the down and dirty, the fierce, the rugged. Like, and... It's certainly like typecast. Do you appreciate that typecast? Have you like just grown to embrace that that character, or do you want to play someone else? I think the the first five years of my career, I was inmate number one, yeah, you know, and, and bad guy and uh, uh, mean mean guy. And mm-hmm. so the first time I got interviewed by some young lady fresh out of interview school or something, she says, "Danny, aren't you afraid you're being typecast?" What do you mean? She said, well, you're being stereotyped. I said, what? She says, well, you're playing the mean Chicano dude with tattoos. I thought about it, and I said, I am the mean Chicano (laughs) dude with tattoos. But, you know, to me, it was a job. I wasn't being stereotyped. Mm -hmm. I wasn't being typecast. That was what I did. It's like, you don't typecast a... A painter is typecast, and so is a plumber. He's typecast as a plumber. And so... I mean, look at me. You know, it's like it would be tough to get me like the romantic lead. You know what I mean? Or, I mean, but you tell me you couldn't play the romantic lead. Oh well, yeah, <laughs> I, could, I got to kiss Jessica Alba and won yeah, eight times. <laughs> <laughs> but who? But who's counting? Yeah, he was counting. He was counting. <laughs> no, but uh, but you know, so so uh, you know, I just to me, it's like. Go with what you got, whatever it is. Find out what you love doing and figure out how to get paid for it. Is that hard for a lot of people, you think? Because they, they always think the grass is greener on the other side. Yeah, but the reason the grass is greener is because then people mow their lawns. You know, and that's, yeah. you know, and it's like, so you just, you know, you, you reap what you sow. It's like, if I'm always talking to them. And the biggest problem with today's youth is is they've been told so many times, eh, you're, you're, you know, worthless, blah, blah, blah. You can't, you know, opportunity, there's no opportunities. It's hard to get a job now, but it's that's too much competition. There's competition in everything, you know. What I mean, there's competition. People say there's so much acting in competition. There's so much acting in being a so much competition in being a plumber. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's like so. Go for what you know. I would rather shoot for the moon and miss than aim for the gutter and make it. 
I lo- wow. I love that. That's a, that's a great <laughs> that line. That was profound like you did. That was, that was great. <laughs> and it, it's got to make you feel good because I think you're working with, is it ABC to develop actually a show uh, about yeah. your life? Well, it's kind of about my life. It's about me coming out of prison and I have a daughter. And she was 10 years old when I went to prison and she adored her dad. You know, she just adored her dad. And then I left. She thought I left her, right? But I went to prison. And and uh, and uh, uh, her mother leaves and passes away. And then all of a sudden, when I come out, you know, 20 years later, she's she's got a daughter, 10. She, now, my daughter hates me because of what I did. Like, you know, but her daughter adores me. So mm. it's like like this whole circle and mm-hmm. everything that she does out of hate backfires on her you know and uh so it's it's a i call it a comedy drama because hmm. it's comical but there's real dramatic uh For parts sure. you know and i feel like it, and, and my, my mom my mother in this sitcom left a restaurant and a house to me and my daughter together because she knew right and so my daughter can't sell the 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 house or the restaurant mm-hmm. be, uh, because she has to have my signature. I can't because I'm parole there. You it know? Bi- it's something that binds <laughs> yeah. you guys. And so it, it, through this through the episodes, you see us grow. You know. Wow. And what's the? Uh, how many episodes do you are you hoping for that for seasons or is it? Oh, I hope for about two thousand. <laughs> <laughs> But it's ABC, so it's like you yeah. know, it's kind of a you know they don't go for 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 anything too shabby, so it's kind yeah. of cool. And our writer is Joaquin Murrieta. It's not Joaquin. His name is uh, Joaquin. Is his son's name? Uh, anyway, his last name mm-hmm. Murrieta. He's a really good writer. Um, how you know you're, you're talking about uh, your time in prison and we've talked about uh, you know the the rough character that you are is there a soft side what's the soft side i like uh, puppies <laughs> <laughs> i like puppies I, I have four dogs my kids you get me around my kids i'm you know it's like they're the tough guys not me you know mm-hmm. i i uh i uh my daughter I mean, god my daughter could make when she was little she made me cry just by wow. you know but but uh, i think my kids uh, that's the soft mm-hmm. the softest i am around my kids or all my pets or all my Nice people, you know. Yeah, you know, I like nice people. I like, oh, like people that don't have an agenda, you know. Yeah, yeah, especially in today's society, it's hard to find. Yeah, but uh, but it's so important. Um, what's the, you know your, your your rugged life? And I know uh, I appreciate you've rugged been open. Life. That sounds like a cowboy movie. Right? Rugged, rugged life. <laughs> I think I'm, but I love westerns. Though I love westerns. So you know, there's really people don't know about me. I've got about eight westerns on my iPad. I travel all over the world. I watch the same movies every time. What I ones? What's I've the got, eight? Uh, come on. One of the best Westerns ever made one called Tombstone, mm-hmm. Val Kilmer, you know, mm-hmm. your Huckleberry. And uh, I've got uh, Once Upon a Time in the West, Charles Bronson. Such a good movie. I got uh, one called Silverado. It's a great <laughs> movie. Uh, another one called The Long Trail with John Wayne. And one called Rio Bravo with uh, John Wayne, wow. Ricky Nelson. Now, did you ever watch like the Bonanza TV series? Was that in there too? Dad. Me and my dad used yeah. to watch when I was little Wagon Train. Nice. Not wagon, wagon Train and 20 Mule Team. Mm-hmm. The Old Ranger. Wow. I used to watch, yeah, growing up, it was like Saturday mornings. I used to watch <laughs> Wild Wild West and Bonanza yeah, were like yeah. right after each other with yeah, my dad. Yeah. Um, when your earliest memory. And, you know, because I know you started uh, down uh, with some drugs at a, a young age, eight. Yeah, my uncle turned me on to grass when I was eight. Do you, re- I mean, do you re- vividly remember that? Or do you remember <laughs> your first year? Fr- <laughs> obviously, we're talking about grass and memories. I understand yeah. how it sounds. You know, you know what? Yeah, but I do. I remember that. And I remember first fix of heroin, you know, 12. And But it's so funny, you know, like. People say, well, you know, I always say, well, you know, I, I was never abused. Was, Wait a minute, Danny. I think giving marijuana to an eight-year-old <laughs> might be a form of abuse and giving heroin to a 12-year-old. But I thought it was sharing. I thought it was sharing with me, you know, so I, I didn't think of anything bad. I mean, you've got to remember, this was a time when when people, 
you used to grow marijuana everywhere. I mean, you mm-hmm. would throw seeds anywhere there was a dripping mm-hmm. faucet and and sun. Mm-hmm. And, you know, three months later, you have a nice marijuana bush. Mm-hmm. But now it's so nasty and it's so chemically ridden. And, you know, it's it's not the same thing. You mm-hmm. know, it's it's a, basically a, a poison, you know. But was were other eight year olds and twelve year olds? I mean, doing no. Well, that? Tim, Timmy Sanchez, she tried it with me, but 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 some people have an addicted personality. Some people don't. He didn't like it. He mm-hmm. just it didn't didn't stick with him. You know, me, I just you know went on to bigger and better things. Mm-hmm. There's the there's the the song, and I forget who sings it. It's called like Slow Fade. You know, it's a slow fade. I think the song when you when you give your life away or when you go down a path is, is that how you would maybe describe your journey of like when you were eight and it's one thing, and then maybe uh, at ten it's something else, and then twelve when yeah. it was you know heroin. Yeah. And was that how you look back and you say it was a slow fade? Yeah, yeah. I, but I think once once you shoot heroin, you just kind of nod out and wake up twelve years later mm-hmm. in prison. Hmm. You know, like, <laughs> you know what I do. You get here, you know, mm-hmm. and, and uh, so it's. But but like, but it's one of the reasons. You know, when I go to schools and I talk, mm-hmm. when I say to a Kiwanis Club of adults that my uncle turned me on to grass when I was eight, they go, "Oh my god!" You know, they're like appalled, right? But when I say that to a to a junior high school class, they go, "Huh." Yeah, because they already know. Yeah, that's they're what experiencing happens. it exactly, exactly. So, I mean, I honestly believe that, like, uh, uh, sex education should be taught before they're having sex. Mm-hmm. I think, I think, uh, drugs should be taught before they're having drugs. You know, mm-hmm. and I, I remember one time I walked into this store, and uh, uh, oh, I can't say that on TV. <laughs> uh, no, no, uh, but this guy had had moved the condoms in the back because the kids were stealing them. Interesting. You know, and I said, well, why don't you sell them? And he says, to kids? And I, 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 I thought, well, okay, well, then help raise all them kids that are, you know what I mean, that are, that are yeah. born. So, so, I mean... I know I'll probably get some flack, but I think, you know, I think anybody should be able to buy, anybody, you know, and Mm -hmm. uh, I don't care if you're, you know. Prevention is important. Exactly. There is certainly, yeah, there's an importance to to knowing things. And, you know, one of the, one of the uh, lines that I remember from college from a professor was, it's okay to break the rules, just know why you're breaking them. Yeah. So well, you have to you have to know yeah. the rules, and then if you, if you want to break them, maybe you know why you're breaking them. Well, you know what we have stigmatized condoms so bad, especially with uh, with Latinos and 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 young African Americans that you know it's not manly. They're not manly. So because they're not manly, we have so many mm-hmm. you know teenage mm-hmm. kids, you know, with with. Uh, with baby, God, I sound like a teacher, honestly. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, you're fine. You're Popcorn fine. talk, man. <laughs> um, were you scared going to prison? I I think if it's your first time, like if you just all of a sudden get do something wrong, and go to San Quentin, you better be scared. You know what I mean? You better be in fear of your life. But if you've grown up in that system. Then when you get there, you already know people. You already are are adapt to what's going mm-hmm. on. You know, you just think of all the people you burnt on the street. You know, and hope they're not in that prison. But I, I think it's a it's a apprehension of you know of of who you know and who you don't know and mm-hmm. who's mad at you and who's not mad at you. You know, I I uh, I could fight. I was always lightweight and welterweight champion of every institution I was in. So so it didn't. You know, it wasn't a fear. It was just like kind of an adventure. You know what's going on. Every mm-hmm. day is an adventure, and, and prison is is kind of a place where there's only two kinds of people. You know, there's like a predator and a prey, and you just decide every day what you're going to be. You know, I love I love the picture. There's a picture that we actually have uh, of you fighting. Uh, when you were, it was one, I think you were, uh, uh, it must have been when you were a champion or were in, it was, was some picture, there you go, that's the picture right there. Yeah. Uh, when you were at San Quentin. Yeah. 
that was uh god i don't even that's boy i was pretty no wonder i thought so good <laughs> <laughs> i was a cute kid so did look just you <laughs> look i was a cute kid well you better fight buddy <laughs> that was it your looks were the distraction you know what people have seen that picture and they've asked me is that gilbert my gilbert's my son right i know that's me but he looked he looks exactly like that really yeah now, how did you get trained? Was your training just experience of being in the, the wrong place at the wrong time no, and just my, having to my, defend my, yourself? My training, I had, a, I had a, my uncle. You know, my uncle Gilbert, he was fighting a, a, a Golden Gloves when he was like 14. And, and wow. I was his sparring partner slash mm-hmm. punching bag. So <laughs> I had to, you know, I better learn how to fight or... Mm-hmm. You know, I remember he had this deal where he would throw a rock. He said, if I throw a rock at you, what are you going to do? I said, move. So he'd throw a rock and I'd move, right? Mm-hmm. And he goes, that's what you do. Okay, pretend this jab is a rock, you know, and I'd move. You know, so kind of taught me how to get out of the way of punches. I love, I, I know people don't, a lot of people don't like him, but but, but Floyd Mayweather is mm-hmm. one of the best boxers ever, ever. If you ever. Because he's a defensive boxer. Well, you know what? He's absolutely a defensive boxer, but he is a great boxer. You know what I mean, and and uh, to watch him fight another boxer be boring as hell, all right. But to watch him, I love watching him. Just like you know, bang, bang. Watch his right, boom. You know, and you, and and, and uh, so so he is. He fights. That's what my theory was. I would rather punch somebody than. Then get punched. Mm-hmm. So if you watch Floyd, it's like bang, bang. But then when he cuts loose, bang, 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 bang. You know, because he knows mm-hmm. I can throw these four and then get out. Yep. You know, and, and people, you know, think, well, he's running. No, he's not getting hit. Was it an everyday thing that you were involved in some kind of skirmish? Yeah. Well, well, I used to, I used to run the gyms when, in 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 institutions so I could mm-hmm. fight every day. You know, and uh, I in 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 Soledad, I trained like five guys. So I used to spar like, you know, like five rounds with each one, and, wow. and uh, so it's a, it was a great workout. But you know, a lot of people, a lot of people play chess. A lot of people mm-hmm. read. A lot of people play ham. I, that's what I did. I did my time boxing training. You know, past the day that you know. Yeah. What was the day? Do you remember that? It's you know maybe the was it a mindset change of uh, uh, I don't want to do this anymore. I want to change. I want to switch up. The way my life is headed? Cinco de Mayo, 1968. Cinco de Mayo to a lot of people means 5th of May. That's a good picture right there. That is a great picture. That's in Venice, yeah. Cinco de Mayo to a lot of people uh, means 5th of May. But to a real Mexican, I mean, one from the heart, Mm -hmm. it means get bail money, you know, because you're probably going to go to jail today. Mm. So Cinco de Mayo, 1968, me, Ray Pacheco, Henry Cal were drunk out of our minds, loaded, and every pill there was. And and uh, there was an outside baseball team that came in to play baseball. And we, uh, the third baseman was chewing gum, I remember. And you're not allowed gum in prison, mm. you know, and, and, uh, <laughs> and uh, Ray said, give me some gum. You know, I'm not, this guy whined about not being able to get gum, so Ray attacked him, and that's a gas chamber offense, attacking mm-hmm. a free person. He socked him, right? And then uh, it was alleged that I threw a rock and hit Lieutenant Givens, and then it was alleged that Henry Quijada ruptured Coach Strahlmeyer. So basically those are three gas chamber offenses, you mm-hmm. don't know. And we went to the hole, and... I remember thinking they're going to kill me. You know, it's not a good thought. You know what I mean? And, uh, you scared, nervous, like you thinking of a way to get look, out of it. Look, you, you got to understand: being scared and being nervous is your fear of looking bad. And the last thing you want to do, especially in prison, is look bad. So. You 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 disguise fear with hatred, with anger, with uh, with a, a look that says, "Hey, I'll I'll kill the guy that dry cleans your clothes, buddy." You know what I mean? And and that pushes it away. And mm-hmm. and uh, and I remember seeing this this uh, movie when I was a kid, 
It was with the East Side kids. That's before your time. But there was the East Side mm-hmm. kids. And, uh, and Muggs, one of the bad guys, the real bad guy in the neighborhood, was going up the river to the to the electric chair. And Muggs, the leader, was saying, ah, oh, he'll spit in their eye, you know. Yeah, he'll say, come get me, copper, you know. And uh, he didn't, you know. Uh, Pat O'Brien had to come and tell him, yeah, whine like a little girl, you know, and he peed his pants, you know, so. And I remember I just I just didn't want to do that. And I said, Lord, you know, let me let me die with dignity. And, and if, if if you let me die with dignity, I'll say your name every day and I'll do whatever I can for my fellow man. I thought it was just going to be a couple years, you know what I mean? <laughs> but uh, our, our cases were DJ rejects because they had no witnesses. You know, Two thousand inmates. Your mother did it. <laughs> the mouse, Mickey Mouse. You know, so so basically it was a DJ reject. So there no charge. So they kicked us back out on the yard. I got out of the pen nineteen sixty nine, and I've I've been August twenty third nineteen sixty nine. I got out of the joint. I, I've been I've been keeping my promise I'm, every day and say his name every day and do whatever I can every day. Yeah, I know you got the cross necklace on. Yeah, always, always. And and I'm telling you, you people think that you have to go out and talk to this school, you know, just call call somebody that's suffering or just mm-hmm. talk to somebody that's mm-hmm. suffering or just just say hello to somebody, you know, a lot of times the Lord's bless me. I can make somebody's day just with an autograph or a picture. Actions speak louder than words oh, sometimes as they absolutely. say. Absolutely. Congratulations on it's 50 years. Yeah. 50 years sobriety. Yeah. I mean, that's unbelievably amazing. Yeah. But you can't thank me. I think what Lord's did with me, you know. Did you think, I mean, was it ever like, I need to to get to 10 years, I need to get to 20 years, or one year, or two? I mean, was there ever that thought? They kind of told me that it's a day at a time. You know, that's the only only person I'm in competition with is me. I want to be better today than I was yesterday, you know, and... uh, kind of living up to it i really believe that and i think mm-hmm. that's what we talk about success you know mm-hmm. when i go to bed man i i feel good about myself going to bed you know just laying there mm-hmm. three dogs <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> my daughter's dad that's why you can't get a girlfriend i got six dogs <laughs> in my bed you know? <laughs> but uh but uh i got one little chihuahua that if i start talking to somebody it'll like it doesn't. <laughs> Shut up. It wants the attention. <laughs> it's she, yeah, it's a little girl, you know, Dixie, and uh, so there's, you know, there's, there's, there's a lot of things that just like keep you grounded. You mm-hmm. know, my kids won't let me, you know, won't let me get too far out. Mary, my secretary, she's the one that's really like, that really keeps me grounded. You know, really just like, hey, you know, lighten up. You know, so. 1985. You know, your first acting role. Yeah. Runaway Train. Runaway Train. Yeah, yeah. I ran into a friend of mine on a movie set called Eddie Bunker, right? And you're getting 50 bucks for acting like a convict, <laughs> being an extra. And uh, Eddie Bunker says, Danny, are you still training? Because he saw me win a lightweight, mm-hmm. the welterweight title. So he was in prison. And uh, I said, Eddie, I don't, I don't get hit in the face anymore. I'm 40 years old. <laughs> and he says, he said, uh, uh, we need somebody to train one of the actors how to box. I said, What's it pay? And he said three twenty a day. When he said that, I said, "How bad you want this guy beat well, up?" Because yeah. <laughs> three twenty a day was so just sag. one guy, or you need yeah. me to train multiple? Oh, that was SAG. That was SAG scale. Wow. That's why everybody wanted to be SAG. Yeah. That was more money than I was making all week. I was a drug counselor, and drug counselors yeah. don't, you know, saving lives doesn't pay as much as acting. You know? mm-hmm. So, so. Uh, God, man, I, I started training an actor named Eric Roberts, how to, how to box, you know, for a movie called Runaway Train. And uh, the director saw that I, I got along with Eric and, uh, and Andrei Kajalowski, who was a Russian aristocrat, very soft-spoken, never yelled. One of those directors that he didn't understand it. movie stars, actors mm-hmm. he understood. Mm-hmm. Movie stars... They're like dicks. You yeah. Know? <laughs> They're a different breed. They're a different breed. You know what I mean? And, uh, and, uh, and so when he saw that me and Eric got, you know, he hired, he came, I'll never get, he comes over, he puts his hand on me. You be in movie. You fight Eric in movie. And you be my friend. Well, 
if you're from a prison background, you don't really like people saying, you be my friend, you know, and, uh, and then he leads over and he kisses me on one cheek, kisses me on the other <laughs> cheek, walks away, right? And I told Eddie, Eddie, look, I'm going to train the kid for 320, but if I'm going to be kissing that old man, I want to know No, he's European. I am. They kiss, you know? And, uh, and so Andre and I, we became really, really good friends because he watched me and he liked what I did. And, and so I, I was the boxer in a movie called Runaway Train, mm -hmm. John Boyd and Eric Roberts. And I got... I got SAG, I got Taft Hartley, I got all that stuff, you know what I mean? And uh, from there, I just I just played, I was a glorified extra for like, you know, five years. I just played inmate number one, were bad guy. Were people searching you out for roles, or were you kind of going after yeah, these roles well, now? You know what, it's like as an extra, you have a, I forget the guy's name, but he used to send us out. as, mm -hmm. And I wasn't an extra anymore, but I got, I would go out as an extra, but I get paid SAG, so... <laughs> You know, I, I work four days, and that's that's money. You know what I mean? And, Especially, uh, <laughs> yeah, in the 1980s <laughs> and 90s. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, I was making a pretty good living being a, being a, uh, I, you know, I thought I had a career. And then I'll never forget this young lady fresh out of interview school. The first time I got interviewed, she said, Danny, don't you feel you're being typecast? And I didn't know what that was. I said, what do you mean? Mm -hmm. She said, well, you're being stereotyped. I says, that's what? He says, well, you're pay always playing the mean Chicano dude with tattoos. I am the mean Chicano <laughs> dude with tattoos. So I didn't know what the problem was. And, I, and that was what really taught me, go with what you know. Mm -hmm. So I've seen people, I don't want to be an extra. Shit, I, I do. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like, it's all about being paid. Yeah. You know, and I, I, I had to set this job as an actor, and first of all, it's a gift from God. Secondly, it's the same as any other job. It's the mm -hmm. same as a plumber, a doctor, it's the same as a, a house painter, you know, a plumber. Mm -hmm. It's the same as my job. The only thing is, it's just, it's a, they're, they're paying for this, you mm -hmm. know, and, and, and for me, not bumping into the furniture and remembering lines. That's mm -hmm. what they're paying for. Mm -hmm. It's just like, I don't have my tools, you know, and, uh, were, and, you, were you taking acting classes? No. What, no. so, so what, Let me tell you acting class, okay? Acting class is standing on the yard in San Quentin, knowing there's going to be a riot, knowing that you might get killed, having a four-inch piece of steel in your jacket, knowing that you might have to, like, kill somebody, and you have to act not afraid. That you should win an Oscar, you understand? Mm -hmm. And then you outside, you're like this. You're just so yeah. inside. Oh my God, please. Don't do it. <laughs> That's it. But you can't show it. You that. can't show it. See? The me, because they can. Prison is adapted. <laughs> we see that. You know, we see. On me and Sonny Rios and George Velasquez, we got sent to the hole and uh, we're in B section, San Quentin. And I'd never seen a guard shoot in the block. And I've been in prison a lot. But in the block, bang, they shoot. And you hear this. It's ricochets. Oh, ricochet. So he might not be shooting at you, but that ricochet. And so when he shot, I screamed, he shot him. And I realized my voice went up eight octaves. And then I clicked. Boys, you see that? And Sonny, I'll never forget. Sonny, I'll never forget. So now we heard her, Holmes. <laughs> she came out. Oh, shut up, Sonny. <laughs> One of those things, never let you live it down either. Never, never let you live it down. Never. The rest of the time, I'm hey, you see that voice you do? <laughs> shut up, punk. <laughs> what do you consider to be maybe your most challenging role then? If, if you said, like, man, yeah. nothing was as tough as being in the yard, yeah. what maybe you know, came close? What I was think, a challenging role for I, you? I got to say that the most challenging role I did was a movie that I did with uh, Maggie Gyllenhaal called Sherry Baby because it was like a dramatic role. And uh, I, I had to be like the nice guy. You know, I had to be like the guy that brought this girl in to help her, you know what I mean, without... 
without any strings attached, mm-hmm. and we were friends, and and she had come out of prison, and everybody was abusing her and using her, and anything she wanted to do, somebody would say, well, okay, well, you know, this is what you got to do. And so I had to be like the nice guy. And she showed up at my uh, house one day after being out and being abused and being on the streets, and, and she, I had to, like, put her in a bathtub naked and, and give her a bath. And uh, Lori Collier kept saying, Dan, I don't see it. I said, what is it you don't see? You know, she said, you, you're, you're, you, Dan, you look like a lech. I come on, look at she naked, lady. <laughs> you know, I couldn't, I couldn't get into like character. This, you know, and so so Lori, it's cut, cut, cut. You know, and so, so let's take a break. You know, so I, I, so what do you want, man? She's Danny. I, this is like, this is so heavy. You don't understand this scene. I said, Yeah, I do, man. She's, she's you know, she's loaded. She came in, and I got to give her a bath. Yes. And then she said, what if your daughter, I said, shut up, you know, because she was going to, I know what she's going to say, you know, what if this is your daughter? She mm. said, do it. And I guess he got mad at her. You know, she, but she said, okay, well, let's just go back. Let's try this again. If we can't do it, we'll skip it. And then I couldn't get that out of my mind. So when I was doing this, cleaning Maggie, uh, I, I was almost in tears. You know, wow. I couldn't. <laughs> Uh, I I couldn't get past that and then afterwards it was like too long and I I, she wasn't saying cut you know what I mean and and next we'd been here long enough we're gonna have sex you know what I mean I was like and so I looked around and everybody was crying they wow they they got it wow she says cut you know wow and I was like wow it was like just it was a heavy scene I think that's the heaviest I've ever gone in 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 a throw in a, a roll movie, yeah, you know. But I seen for actors that do that for a living, man. That's heavy, you know. what I mean, guys that that can do that with know. acting. Is there a, a confidence that gets built up every role of like with that? Yeah, I can do that now again. Yeah, I can yeah. do this I don't now want again. To, though, but yeah, I can you know? Talk about that that confidence that you maybe get from like doing something and being like, oh, all right, I know yeah. I can now. I can do it again. Well, you got to remember, I went from being machete baddest dude on the planet to being Marsha Brady. <laughs> that was funny. You know, that was funny. I can, I can do anything. I can do anything, you know. And uh, so <laughs> it's funny when I was at, at, I go into Home Depot, right? All the Mexicans out there. Machete. They all used to call me Machete. Now, <laughs> hey, march out. Hey, hey, all right. <laughs> so, <laughs> did you look up to or idolize anyone? I mean, when you're coming up in acting, were you ever looking at other actors and saying, man, look, I like the work that he's doing. I want to maybe yeah, try yeah. to do something like that. I, uh, growing up, my uncle was my idol. My uncle Gilbert, guy that just, yeah. my uncle Gilbert gave me everything that I was going to need to go to San Quentin. You know, and that was the path I was on, and the only thing that was going to beat me to San Quentin was the headlights on the bus. And uh, but once I got into acting, it was like I love Charles Bronson. You know, I love Charles Bronson. I just had to watch him; he's like just amazing. Mm-hmm. And uh, his little looks and stuff, you know. And then, uh, and then uh, uh, when uh, I got to work with him on uh, on Death Wish Four. And it was like, I, I became friends with him. I just couldn't believe this guy's mm. awesome. And uh, I met Clint Eastwood. He doesn't even remember, but I met Clint Eastwood when uh, when he was the, when I was like 13 years old. My dad had built a bar in his in our, our house, and uh, and uh, and uh, my dad worked in the apartment buildings that Clint Eastwood, the guys from Rawhide, mm-hmm. worked. And I guess he had invited him over. And I remember when Clint Eastwood came in the house. When I was like 13, I think, and he was working, he was rowdy. Uh, you knew, even at 13, this guy's gonna be somebody. You just knew yeah. it. It's like he just had that. He had the you aura. Know, oh, man. And it was like, whoa. You just stood there and I said, hey, rowdy, what's up? Yeah, you know, he was like, just so, had that squint, you know, that, those, that squint that he had. So I guess, I guess he was an idol of mine too. Is there anyone now that you would want to work with? Anyone that you're like, man, I, I would, I'd love to be able to work with him. I mean, I, 
Clint, I think as he he just did uh, the mule, I think that's his final project. Is there anyone you're like, man, I would love to be able to maybe work with this actor, work with this actor? Or actress. Oh, God, I worked with everybody. I mean, worked with 320, 380 mm-hmm. movies. That's, but uh, I, I don't know. I've worked with, with God. Every, I, I, I don't think there's... Uh, I think, no, I don't want, hmm. you know, just you know, give me what you got, you know what I mean? Yep. See who's in it, you know what I mean? So a lot of times I show up to a film and I read the script on the way to the movie, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? On the way on the plane and <laughs> I don't know who's in it, I just... Mm-hmm. You, know, you 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 love acting. I love it. I absolutely. I love everything there is to do with movie making. I'd be a grit if you know if it starts raining. I'll help with the furniture, move it out of the rain. You know, I just I just love being on movies. Before when I first got into it, I'd be driving down the streets and I'd see a a a, a movie uh, van or whatever. I stop. I'd go have lunch with them. Really? Hey, what's up? <laughs> I usually know somebody. What is it? Is it is it the Creation is it just the vibe that there is on sets? I, I think it's it's loving what you do and being able to do what you love, you know. Because I've known I know like Chubby's Automotive, my, the guy that works mm-hmm. on my my uh, my old cars. He loves being a mechanic the same way I love, you know. He loves getting boom, boom, listen to that, listen, come here, listen. He's the same thing, you know. Same thing is watching a watching the monitor. Oh yeah, that was cool, you know. You've overcome. I mean, a lot of things, and I, you might not you might not see it as like overcoming things or like all oh, obstacles, but because you know we often do that when we have overcome things, like oh, it wasn't that bad, it wasn't whatever. What do you think stops a lot of people from today from overcoming an obstacle? If they face something of turning around instead of going through something. Well, I think a, a, a lot of people. It's like you know they they been told you know you, you that you can't do you can't do and again it's like the only thing that limits us is our mind that's it and if you think about it we only use a little portion of our mind mm-hmm. you know people have like <clears throat> you know like have, have trained this thing to move stuff you know so so it's like uh there's no limit you know, again, it's like that thing. I'd rather shoot for the moon and miss. Mm-hmm. You know, the name for the gutter and make mm-hmm. it. Every time I say no, I can't do that. I'm aiming for the gutter. Mm-hmm. What drives you now? Living every day to its fullest. Just, just enjoying the day and 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 being able to do whatever I want to mm-hmm. do and loving what I do. Mm-hmm. You know, but again, it's like I just. I want to be able to lay down and, and know that I did a good job today. I want to wake up and ready to do another good job. Mm-hmm. In 20, 30, 40, 50, whatever years, you know, down the road, people look back and they say, oh, man, Danny Trejo. Oh, yeah, I loved his film. I love." What do you want people to say about your life? Two or three things that you could be like, man, Danny Trejo, he was blank. He was blank. First, great dad. I want to be the best dad. I want to be a good dad. I know that sounds corny, but that's mm-hmm. that's what I want to be. I, just, I remember my kids at at uh, T ball. I remember that stuff, you know. So I want to be a great dad. Yeah, a great actor, you know. Uh, I don't want to be a movie star, but a great actor, you know, and uh, and somebody that you know that never said no, you know, to mm-hmm. to people, you know. That I just somebody that yeah, if you needed help, I was there. And I think I think my friends are the same way, because like Mario Castillo, my, my assistant, right? I met this guy in San Quentin, and when we were doing Blood In, Blood Out, you know, and uh, and I was I was an actor, he was like, <laughs> in age, you know, and we were talking about staying clean and staying sober, and he asked me how he, I told him, you know, I said, hey, well, you get out, you stay clean, come look me up, you know, and uh, he, come, he came out about eight years later, and, and uh, I ran into him in a Narcotics Anonymous convention. Staying clean, we started hanging out, and then I said, you know what, I need an assistant, man, you want to work for me? Yeah. So this guy, it's like if you're a drug addict looking for help, you run into the right guy because he knows every detox, every, you know, every, uh, mm-hmm. and, and, and and it's like both of us, we always carry socks and thermal underwear in our trunks because, you know, you homeless people here, man, you you Especially now, it's like yeah. thermal. It's, it's little things like that that yeah. a lot of people overlook. Yeah. They give them the food, you give them the other stuff, yeah. but like yeah. 
Yeah, you socks, know, underwear. It's, it's funny because uh, my daughter, she, you know, my kids, that's like they do the same thing. It's mm-hmm. a help, their whole thing is helping. And mm-hmm. uh, my daughter was feeding the the homeless Thanksgiving down in Venice, right? It's freezing cold. And I had just bought about $1,000 worth of thermal underwear because by the grace of God, I got it, mm-hmm. right? We got all these thermal underwear, a bunch of them, right? We got this connection downtown. And, uh, and she called me, yeah, what are you doing, Danielle? She said, we're feeding the homeless down here, dead in Venice. I says, I live in the valley, right? She says, I said, oh, you know, I got some, bring them, bring them. She bring. So I took her a whole bunch of small, medium, large, mm-hmm. double X and, uh, and, uh, and I gave them to her and she was like, and then she called me like about 1.30 when they were finished, you know, 1.30 in the mm-hmm. morning. She said, dad. The thermals were the hit. <laughs> <laughs> Some people didn't even want to eat, you know. And I was like, "She said, thanks." That's Dad. awesome. You know, so that, that's you know, it's like it's stuff like that. That's mm-hmm. what I want to be remembered for. That's awesome. That's seriously incredible. And again, you, you're passing that on to your kids, and that will be remembered as well. People say, "Oh yeah, this is who this was. This is who their kids were. This is the you know the life that you've led and the lessons that you've taught them." Which is incredible, and I thank you for that. I thank you for the show, and you were so open. We, we've talked about a lot of things. Is there anything that people don't know about you, or is there any like things that people don't know? F- fun stories on set, or what? What don't people know about Danny Trail? I got the same eight movies on my iPad, and I watch them every time I'm on a plane, and I'm on a plane all the time. Same eight movies, all westerns. Do you have them memorized? Uh, I got uh, Desperado. No, no, I'm sorry. I got, uh, I got. That's a movie I did. I've got uh, Silverado. I've got Tombstone. Hello, everybody. I'll be Huckleberry. It. I got uh, Once Upon a Time in the West. Uh, Charles Bronson. Mm-hmm. And then I got uh, uh, Long Trail, 1939. John Wayne. And I've got. Uh, Rio Bravo, which is John Wayne. All classics. Uh, wait, hold on. John Wayne, <laughs> uh, Dean Martin, and Ricky Nelson. Great movie, right? And then uh, uh, what else we got? You could, you could almost watch those movies on mute. And then you oh, yeah. just... No, I, I, uh, well, you got the earphones on, and so every once in a while, the, uh, the, the steward is Please, I'll be going. I'll be your Huckleberry because <laughs> you forget. You know what they hear. You can't hear anything. <laughs> why? Why Johnny Ringo looks like somebody just walked over your grave. <laughs> That's Val Kilmer. <laughs> Incredible. Well, thank you so much for thank taking you, time man. out of your day. This I really appreciate fun. it, man. This is great conversation, and certainly, like we were saying, man, just just spreading positivity. That's yeah. what the world needs. It, it, that's incredible. And that's obviously the lesson of this show. And, and I thank you guys for joining us. And hopefully now, now it's on you. Go out. Spread positivity. Go help someone. Go give someone something if they're in need. And just that will come back to you. That will come right back on. to you. Right on. Absolutely. Karma. There you go. So thank you again for watching us. Thank you for Popcorn Talk for hosting us. If you guys want to follow Danny after the show, at OfficialDannyT on Twitter, at OfficialDannyTrejo on Instagram. I know you're very active on there, so reach out on there. You can follow me at the only MC on Instagram and Twitter and at the Popcorn Talk on Instagram and Twitter. Thank you guys. Check for us another- on Man at Arms, the art of war. And remember, Rams are 9 and 1. That's right. Wednesdays, 9 p.m. Check out that show. <laughs> We'll see you next time. Awesome. From producers Maria Menunos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire Popcorn Talk Network, we would like to thank you for tuning in. For questions or comments, be sure to visit popcorntalk.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of the Popcorn Talk Network. Views expressed here are those of the hosts only, not necessarily reflect the views of the Popcorn Talk Network or its own expression.